to the Sojourn Church podcast. We are glad you are here, and thanks for listening. As a church, we exist to exalt and enjoy the supremacy of Jesus Christ in all things, equip the saints, and extend the gospel to all people by reproducing disciples and churches for the glory of God. More information about the life and mission of Sojourn Church can be found at SojournTulsa.org. That's S-O-J-O-U-R-N, Tulsa.org. If you have noticed, my family is not here. Well, I think they didn't want to hear my preaching. I preached them enough at home. <laughs> They're tired of my preaching. <laughs> so yeah, my um, wife's family is in London. Uh, her parents, are, all, her, all of her family lives in London. So uh, uh, summer is, well, they haven't been there. Uh, my wife has been there in the last two years, but the kids haven't been there for many years, about four or five years. So um, they wanted to go and visit their um, cousins and other uncles and aunts. So uh, this was one, the only time they were able to go with my, my schedule and my wife's schedule. So, so they're enjoying over there. But and I, maybe for my boys, escape from listening to one more preaching. <laughs> so... So yeah, so Psalm 81, um, in a Psalm 81, um, it, has, um, it is broken down to uh, three different sections. And in the from verse uh, 1 to 4, uh, it's a call to promise. Uh, God calls uh, his people for the prom- to the promise that he has delivered and uh, calls to come and uh, enjoy that promise and, uh, and calls to um, come and worship him. And in the second section, between verse 5 to 12, um, God recounts the redemption, the, uh, requ- the requirement of uh, uh, why, uh, the blessing that he's going to give. And also recounts the exile, the disobedience, and um, the exodus from uh, Egypt. So, and uh, in the last section from verse uh, 13 to 16, uh, God recounts just the future hope that there is um, uh, for the people of Israel. So... Um, in, in the first uh, uh, verse, it says, Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to God of Jacob. Raise a song. Sound the tambourine. The sweet lair with the harp. Blow the trumpet at the new moon, at the full moon on our feast day. For it's a statute for Israel, a rule of God of Jacob. The uh, word sing over here, it, yes, it is to sing, to sing praise, but also uh, some translation call, uh, says that uh, the sing was God um, commanding or summoning his people to come and, and be a part of a community uh, a celebration of what God has done for them. So it was not just to come and bring praise to him, but it was you should come. And so uh, the, uh, uh, there's a, a uh, uh, in chapter three, it says, "Blow the trumpet," and that trumpet seems to be um, uh, there are different types of trumpet, but uh, that word "trumpet" over there seems to be referencing to a particular instrument called shofar, and uh, that shofar was used uh, in just two diff- other places, uh, uh, mentioned in two different places in, uh, in the Bible, and it was most uh, it was uh, used in Mount Sinai. So uh, in Mount Sinai, um, when um, you know, uh, Israel comes out of Egypt and then uh, they are, you know, uh, uh, in the foothills of uh, Mount Sinai and then God tells, them, tells Israel to come uh, because he's going to, uh, to give them the commandments and things like that. So at that time, uh, uh, the, the shofar is used. And then the other time is during the time of Jubilee. Uh, the sh- uh, shofar was used at that time too. So, um, so that's why... Uh, 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 
when that trumpet was used, uh, uh, God had called His people to come and gather so that God could talk to them or um, uh, through Moses. So that's why the word "sing" over here seems to be telling the people of Israel. Come and you, it's more like mandatory, you know. So uh, come and assemble together. And it was also not an individual uh, uh, celebration. So like uh, in America, we have different uh, holidays, and among all our major holidays, I think July Fourth is probably one of the you know, holidays where we we celebrate as a community, uh, you know, uh, as together. But most of our holidays are, uh, you know, celebrated more as uh, individual families. Uh, in Nepal, uh, a lot of the uh, holidays um, uh, for for us as Christians, the, the Christianity has not been there in Nepal for a long time. For now, probably about thirty years now. But uh, also, you know, um, um, uh, most of the Christian holidays were, you know, we celebrated it in closed doors uh, because before Christianity was illegal. So uh, with uh, you know risk of persecutions and things like that, and people, uh, a lot of people from my church uh, have gone to jail and things like that uh, for you know just carrying the Bible. So, uh, but after uh, democracy came in, uh, people would celebrate uh, Christmas and Easter as a community, not as individual families, but as a community. And so there would be big feast and. You know, and a lot of the churches took that opportunity also to share the gospel with the community. So, so, uh, so it's it was like a community event. It was not a, like an individual, um, um, you know, um, uh, family event. So God was calling to this huge community event and saying, you know, shout for joy uh, uh, to the God of Jacob, uh, raise a song, sound the tambourine, uh, the sweet lyre with harp, you know. Enjoy what I have done for you. Remember what I have done for you. Bring praise to me, and I'm worthy of it. And that's uh, and blow the trumpet uh, at at the new moon, at the full moon on our feast day. And this particular reference of new moon to the full moon, um, uh, a lot of translations says uh, sometimes it can be um, like in the second week of September uh, during the harvest uh, when the new moon came, and then during the full moon, so probably about 15 days worth of celebration. So it was a big deal. So God was calling, uh, you know, basically asking for a big feast and a big event. And so, uh, um, so God was calling the people of Israel to that. And so it says, "For it is a statute for Israel, a rule of God of uh, Jacob." And um, you know, uh, God was calling um, Israel. Uh, uh, it was not as you know. I wish you come. It was more like, you know, you should come. Like, it's a command. You have to come. So it was uh, like that. So uh, if when we go back and look at uh, that uh, uh, instrument shofar, um, uh, uh, I wanted to go back and uh, read that. And um, it's, uh, in that Mount Sinai, um, uh, when, um, you know, God tells Moses, you know, gather the people of Israel uh, in this hill, but don't come close to the foothill. Because if you come, you'll die. So you know God's glory was going to come on this mountain, and then so uh, when God's glory would come to the mountain, um, uh, and you'll sound this trumpet, sound this shofar, um, uh, you know God's word will be spoken, and uh, Moses would go up in this uh, mountain, and God came in this fiery cloud, and He says, you know, when they uh, sounded the trumpet, it was so loud that people trembled. Yeah, so it was a. Um, yeah, I don't know what I would do. You know, uh, we we see a lot of thunderstorms here uh, in um, Oklahoma, 
we probably have gotten used to it, but you know, some, some of our thunderstorms are even uh, more severe. I, uh, uh, my niece, uh, uh, my brother's uh, daughter, they live in California, and so one time they had come uh, uh, in their spring break, and we had a huge storm here in uh, Tulsa. And my kids were okay, they're used to the thunderstorm, whatever. I didn't realize people are not used to the thunderstorms. And then she, 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 she didn't do well <laughs> that day. She, she screamed, she cried, and, you know, uh, I didn't realize that, you know, uh, it, it, sometimes it can, we don't know that we've gotten used to so many elements uh, uh, in the uh, weather, but she, she didn't do well. So I was thinking the same thing in, in this Mount Sinai, when uh, people gathered to hear God, and uh, hear this trumpet, and there was lightning, thunder. The whole uh, whole Mount Sinai was shaking. Uh, it's a uh, uh, it's a pretty uh, scary uh, scene over there. And um, and the uh, Israelite says, um, "We we don't even want to come. Can you can you go to God and see what He wants to tell us?" You know. So they were that scared. So so it's a um, uh, uh, you know uh, uh, this celebration was supposed to be that way. You know. To bring uh, to, to sound the trumpet, uh, you know, bring this voice to God, uh, bring this praise to God. So um, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, when we are afraid, um, we are able, uh, we try to hide from the situation, um, and um, uh, that's what Israelites did. Um, I feel like I'm not a scary person. Uh, I remember one time uh, I had a patient and she was a train wreck. Uh, when I say train wreck, it doesn't mean that she got in a train wreck, but she had a lot of situations, <laughs> uh, problems. And uh, I, I don't know what I told her, but um, uh, one time she said, uh, uh, I had seen her one time and the second time she came, she said, you know, uh, I wasn't going to come back to you. And I said, why? And I said, because you scare me. <laughs> and I said, why do I scare you? And she said, you said some things and that, that made me really afraid of you. I said, so what did I tell you? And she said, you know, you said, you know, if I don't get my life back in order, you're going to fire me. <laughs> so I said, oh, I, I, I might have said that, <laughs> you know. And then so I, I saw her last week and she said, you know, uh, Dr. Joshi, like, uh, I'm not scared of you anymore. And I said, why? He said, I've gotten my life in order. <laughs> so I'm, so, I'm so glad you're not afraid of me anymore. So, you know, so, so, um, but sometimes, you know, when we're afraid, we try to hide from, from uh, such things. And, um, uh, and this was definitely one time with all the, uh, uh, you know, thunder and the shaking of a mountain, earthquakes uh, is what I believe. So um, uh, it's, um, it's a pretty uh, scary situation. So in verse five, he says, he made it a decree in Joseph, when he went out uh, over the land of Egypt, I hear a language I had not known. Um, so uh, the psalmist brings in Joseph over here just to recount just God's faithfulness uh, and uh, what he did, uh, did through Joseph. And, you know, uh, the Pharaoh had enslaved Israelites and uh, there's, there just was no hope for them. You know, they, uh, they, they didn't know how they were going to get out of that situation. But, uh, but when they moved out, the only, uh, uh, you know, uh, favor they had from the Pharaoh was because of Joseph. And uh, so the psalmist uh, recounts, uh, brings in Joseph's story over here just to, uh, to show, you know, you, you had no favor. You, you were in a bad situation. But the, uh, at that time, whatever uh, favor you had, uh, was because of Joseph, and that's, I created that situation for you. Uh, my, my father worked for the king of Brunei, uh, and um, uh, he was like the Joseph uh, for, uh, for the king of Brunei, 
and um, so um, uh, so he he had a lot of influence, um, uh, and um, uh, I remember, uh, and this is uh, uh, you know just a blessing that um, I remember just meeting the king uh, of Brunei, and uh, and uh, I remember you know sitting down in the the king was not there, but we we used to have uh, you know some meals with the queen, and um, so it was a. At that time, I didn't think of it much, but now when I think of it, it was a big deal uh, to be able to sit with a queen and have, you know, a royal, uh, you know, dinner with them. It was not formal, but because of uh, the position my father was in in Brunei, um, uh, we were able to do that. And so, because of that, um, uh, because of that uh, position in the uh, palace. Uh, uh, a lot of people from Nepal had a lot of favor in Brunei, and so uh, so the, uh, so the same thing in Egypt, uh, because of the position Joseph was in uh, in Egypt with the Pharaoh, he uh, he was able to help uh, people of uh, Israel come out of that. So then it says, "I hear a language I had not known," and so um, uh, a lot of translation uh, uh, says. The language was probably uh, maybe God uh, talking to Moses uh, about this, and some translation just says uh, maybe this is just a language that people of uh, uh, Egypt were talking, uh, and so it's probably Arabic, and and so uh, so it was hard for Joseph to uh, you know uh, go there in the place of influence, learn the language, but also uh, when um, uh, the Israelites went there, they they had to learn. A, Different language, so it was it, there was a language barrier. Um, did you know there are different uh, 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 English? Uh, there are different English languages. Now, right? English is English, but there are different English. Um, so I've learned three different English, right? So they they speak a different English in uh, uh, the Southeast Asia, right, uh, uh, or even South Asia, and then there's the British English. And then there is American English, right? It's so it's not just the versions of the Bible, but there, are, so the grammars are different. What the word says is different. So English is one of the most, I think, most complicated language. So, so when I came to America, I thought I knew English, right? So, and, and not just because, and people didn't understand me not just because of my accent, but also the words that I use. So, like for example, what does fetch mean? Right, so go get so fetch is usually used. I, I in I guess in America, fetch is used for you know having your dog go fetch something, right? So so, but you don't use uh, fetch. As, oh, I just lost my key. I'm going to go fetch my key. You don't use it like that over here, right? But in Nepal, with British English, fetch is used all the time. It's more like a more like a um, better version, I guess. So like. In Bible, uh, Bible says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God." Right? Uh, uh, it's, it does, uh, so, seek is another word for going and finding something, right? But we don't use that very commonly in English language here in America. But we use it a lot in Nepal, South Asia, uh, in, uh, in a, because of the British English uh, system. And so, uh, when I came to Tulsa, we, uh, I rented a, a house with some boys um, uh, during residency, and we were sitting down, and I said. Oh, um, I'm I'm going to go and sleep, and then this roommate of mine said, "Where?" I said, "In my bed," <laughs> you know. And he said, "Oh, over here we don't say we uh, we are going to sleep." I was like, "What do you say that?" I said, "I'm going to bed." Doesn't it say the same thing, <laughs> right? But he said, "No." But the common phrase, the uh, the correct phrase is, "I'm going to bed." It's not, "I'm going to sleep," because sleep you can sleep in your chair. 
I'm like, makes sense, but it's the same thing. So two different versions of English, right? So uh, the, another funny thing is, you know, if you need to go pee, the, the restroom is over there, right? So you're going to go pee, right? You know what they say in uh, England and some parts of uh, uh, um, in the UK? I need to do waterworks, right? Waterworks. <laughs> so, so just a very different, uh, you know, English version. So, so uh, um, uh, sometimes I, I have seen it, how frustrating it is for me sometimes. Uh, you know, like uh, when I have to, that one word that I struggle in my clinic when I talk to my patients is thyroid. You know what thyroid means? Yeah, thyroid, right? Even you all don't understand what I say. I always struggle with trying to make my patient understand, hey, maybe you have a thyroid problem. It's like, what problem? Thyroid problem. <laughs> but they don't understand what I say. So, so, so I can see how it can be frustrating for uh, you know, uh, pe- people of Israel when they go to Egypt and not knowing the language, and especially for Joseph, trying to uh, have favor with uh, uh, you know, Pharaoh. Um, just a very um, um, interesting situation. So... Verse 6 says, I, lived, uh, I relieved your shoulder of uh, the burden. Your hands were freed from the basket. So uh, uh, from the story, we know that you know, God uh, delivered them out of their slavery. But uh, you know, God didn't have to do that. You know? the, their hope to be freed from slavery was not a wishful thinking. Okay? But it was uh, a true hope. It, it was hope rested in God who was able to do that and who was faithful to deliver them from that uh, slavery. So it was not just a wishful thinking. And God recounts over here in Psalm 81 say, says, I relieved your shoulder from the burden that you were having, and your hands were freed from the basket. You were tired, and I rescued you. Verse 7 says, In distress you called, and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of the thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. So... Um, the uh, word Meriba over here uh, means quarreling. And it is, um, uh, there were two places uh, in, in the Bible, one in Exodus, in, uh, Exodus 17 and one in Numbers 20, where uh, the word Meriba is used. So in, in, in chapters, uh, in Exodus 17, uh, uh, in, in the wilderness of Zin, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the people of Israel are out from Egypt and they are in this wilderness and they're thirsty and, uh, and there's no water to drink. And then now they start to complain and say, why did you bring us out of uh, uh, Egypt? We were better over there. At least we had water to drink. You know, uh, if God was going to bring us out in this wilderness just to kill us from thirst, you might have as well left us uh, there in Egypt. They were complaining of all that. And so, so uh, you know, Moses goes uh, to God and says, you know, uh, they're, uh, they're complaining about not having water. What should I do? And, you know, God says, take up your rod and strike the rock. And, uh, and you know, and he strikes the rock and the water comes out and, they, uh, uh, and they're, they drink the water. And so, and God says, you know, I'm going to call this place Meribah because you complained, uh, because you were quarreling. And then in uh, chapter, uh, uh, Numbers 20, at the wilderness of Zin, uh, same thing happens. Uh, you know, they are thirsty again, and uh, you know, they, they, they have no water to drink, and they, want, and, and they go and complain to uh, Moses. At, over here, they go and complain to uh, Moses and Aaron, and says, we have no water to drink. And then Moses and Aaron goes and says, 
the people of Israel are going to uh, are so uh, 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 frustrated. They're ready to stone us to death. You know what? What should we do? And so uh, 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 God tells Moses to go, uh, strike the rock, and the, the water comes out. But there are also two very uh, uh, significant things that happens in in that uh, place of Meribah, where uh, it is in um, Numbers twenty. Um, uh, God strips. Uh, uh, Moses's and uh, Aaron's uh, privilege to take Israelites to the Promised Land. He says, "Because you did not believe in me, you will not take my people uh, to uh, uh, the Promised Land." So he strips the privilege of Moses and Aaron uh, to go to the uh, Promised Land. And then the second thing that happens at that time is um, uh, God chooses to take Aaron's life. Um, uh, uh, God says to, to Moses to you know uh, take his uh, cloak, take him to this mountain, and um, and God will take his life. So and he says, because you rebel against my word at the water of Meribah. So um, uh, the psalmist is uh, you know uh, bringing uh, God's word over here, saying you know you you call in distress, you called and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Uh, just a wonderful, uh, you know, beautiful uh, uh, story of uh, how God, in His grace, even though He was, uh, he, he had frustrations, He was angry with the people of Israel. Because of His grace, He still gave them water to drink, and He was faithful in doing that despite their shortcomings. Verse eight says, "Hear, O my people, when I admonish you, or Israel, if you would, uh, but listen to me. There shall be no strange God among you." You shall not bow down to a foreign god. So, uh, as we transition from you know the call to uh, worship in verse one to four to the other section where God is uh, recounting all the things that He has done of His redemption and Exodus and things that there were two requirements for uh, for Isra- Israelites to uh, follow to uh, you know, worship God to uh, be in His good side. There were just two requirements. One is to listen to him, and second is don't worship idols. So those were the two things. And as parents, uh, uh, or those of us who are parents over here, we know how incredibly frustrating it is when our kids don't listen to us, right? <laughs> so and in kids over here, you know, we know how we can get in trouble if we don't listen to our parents, right? So and God was t- telling uh, Israelites, these are the two things you do: listen to me, and don't worship idols. So um, and you know the prohibition against idols. It was not meant to keep Israel from good things, okay? But it was to keep them from enslaving uh, uh, themselves with these idols. They just came out of uh, Egypt from all that uh, slavery, and this, uh, they were going to get enslaved with the idols again. So uh, in in uh, so Nepal was the only Hindu country in the world. They were very proud of that, and idol worship is rampant. So uh, and uh, the there are about uh, more than two million gods uh, in Hinduism. So and they have they don't have idols for everything, but they have idols for Shiva, Vishnu, uh, Saraswati, and a lot of uh, Hindu gods. And it's everywhere, and um, and it is also on their doorsteps, you know. And so it's very interesting when you go to somebody's house, their uh, god, you know, uh, is on the doorstep. So. When you go, you have to step on it, so it's so it's it's so awkward sometimes, you know. So you have to try to go around it, you know. And so the idols are everywhere in Nepal. And so, and uh, we've gone to a mission trip uh, in Nagaland in India one time, and so uh, 
in, uh, the North Indians have this, uh, just like candy for us, they have a little uh, like beetle root uh, that they uh, chew on and they chew on it and it's, uh, uh, I've tasted it, it's not very good. It's almost like chewing tobacco and they chew on it. When you chew on it, uh, it's, uh, they uh, just uh, uh, take in the uh, juice of it but sometimes it, is, it makes you saliva it so much and they spit it out. So they, they, they spit out the nut or, and if they, are, uh, they eat the, the leaf of it, um, uh, sometimes they spit out the leaf. So, and there's not a designated spot for those. People just go to the wall and spit it out. So, in, so you know, so we had gone there for medical missions. So we were in a hospital and we, I've been to other places too. You can see that uh, just... Uh, it's orange and red color. So you can see the spit everywhere on the wall. It's just so disgusting. So especially in the hospital, you know, well, and India, Nepal has a huge cases of uh, tuberculosis. So it is a very, uh, it's, it's not a good situation when people are spitting in the walls of your uh, hospital. And so, and this hospital is a Christian hospital, a mission hospital. They did one of the most brilliant things that I had seen. You know, they posted, you know, uh, on their walls not to spit on the walls. And just, they just couldn't uh, get people to stop spitting on the walls. Uh, in the, uh, in, even on the stairs, you know, it would be on that uh, handrails. Uh, and they just couldn't stop doing that. So what they did was they put, this was a Christian hospital. They, all the staff are Christians and every, you know, they put idols in every wall. Or at least pictures of the uh, idols <laughs> in every foot on the wall, on the stairs, on the steps, and and they are Christians. They they know they are not worshiping them. And then uh, apparently after that, uh, you know, they, they, their walls were spotless. <laughs> so a very brilliant way. So, but anyways, you know, if you go to uh, places like that where just here rich, you know, even in like Europe, like in Greece, yeah, Rome. Um, in Nepal, India, even in Thailand, um, uh, the, the, there's a th Thailand is a Buddhist country. And uh, when I went there, there they have this huge, you know, the statues of Buddha uh, in different so in different um, positions of Buddha, like sleeping Buddha or sitting Buddha or standing Buddha. Uh, just uh, just just a lot of idol worship, and it's just well, like. Well, uh, uh, if you're not used to it, uh, I, I've had a lot of missionary friends that came to Nepal when I was there, and they said it is very depressing. It's just, it's, 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 there's just, you know, it's a lot of negative energy type of thing, where they, you feel very uh, bought down. So, uh, so God is saying, you know, you have just two things to do: listen to me, and then don't worship idols. But we know from the story what Israel does, right? So. Verse 10 says, I'm the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. So, so God is saying, you know, uh, uh, I'm not only rescuing you from your misery. So, so that, that was what Israel wanted, is to uh, come out of their uh, slavery. He said, I'm not only going to get you out of uh, the, the slavery, but open your mouth and I will fill it. And I want to bless you after that. You know, so just uh, we see an incredible, uh, you know, heart of God uh, with His grace to, you know, take care of His people. Uh, in verse 11 says, But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. Just shows the heart of Israel. Uh, and, and this can be my heart. Uh, I, I am like that all the time. And, you know, um, uh, 
I I just some don't listen to God all the all, all the time. So and so and the only way I'm saved is by His grace. And I think that's a lot of us. We we want to listen to God. We, you know, we try a lot of different things. You know. Uh, 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 when I came to America, uh, uh, I would see people wear this wristbands and it says WWJD and things that you know. But things like that that was really uh, the you know just uh, reminding uh, us to listen to God or seeing what God would do in those situations and all that. Uh, in Nepal, that was not a uh, thing that we did because uh, when at least in my generation, um, you know, we didn't do anything. Uh, uh, Christian, uh, like we didn't wear Christian shirt or things like that at that time because we were just coming out of the, a time when Christianity was illegal. And so uh, Stuti and uh, uh, Anand, uh, uh, they are, I think, uh, they're younger than me, but I think they probably wore more T-shirts and things like that. But at least when I was there, you know, we didn't do any of that. With the, you know, uh, 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 at our church, we were told not to do that because, you know, it would... Take us, you know, the there were uh, now it's illegal again in Nepal. Uh, you know, other religions are illegal in Nepal again, uh, or to convert them to other uh, religion. But at that time, even though it was not illegal, you would have a lot of persecution. So, so anyways, um, you know, uh, just uh, uh, God says, you know, um, I'm the one who brought you out of uh, Egypt, and um, so, but uh, Israel didn't listen to me. Um, that just shows the nature of uh, their heart. And verse 12, he says, So I gave them over to the st- stubborn hearts to follow their own counsel. So uh, because they didn't listen to me, I gave them to their uh, own hearts, the desires of their hearts. And so, uh, and sometimes for kids, you know, uh, uh, it, uh, if parents let them do what they want, it's like, yay, you know, we've, we finally have our way. And sometimes as adults, you know, we also want to do our own, uh, the desires of the heart. But over here, as a punishment, God says, you know, um, uh, I gave over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsel. So, you know, the, uh, the, the Israelites were wanting not to listen to God, you know, worship idols and things like that. And uh, God give, uh, gave them what they wished for. And so, um, so but uh, did, did Israelites really know what they want, you know? And so uh, uh, God knows that the man's heart is wicked and is not capable or has the potential to wa- know what they want what, and also not know what God is wanting to give uh, uh, to this man. And so uh, God wants to give so much more. He says, open your mouth and I will fill it. But uh, God knows that, uh, you know, our, our hearts are not uh, capable of desiring those good things that God has in store for us. And, but as a punishment, because they didn't listen um, to God, uh, he was willing to give in to what their heart desires. And so uh, Spurgeon says, be, be careful what you want because you're sure to get it. So are we ready to get what we really want? Because, you know, we know our heart is wicked. You know, we have different stages of life. You know, as kids, we may want to have more, you know, video game time. Just as since last year, their bedtime was 830 and he's been begging to be uh, have a little later bedtime. And so for Joseph, his bedtime is now 10, 10 o'clock, and he feels like he's graduated of a big thing, you know? So he's gotten the desire of his heart. So, um, 
and uh, but and when we uh, sometimes you know uh, and desires of the heart is not always wicked we know that you know but desires of the heart that is aligned to god is pleasing to god but desires of our heart that is not aligned with what god wants can be wicked can be uh, sometimes can be idolatry so uh, uh, we, uh, it can, you know, work against us. So it just underscores what God is telling us, you know, two requirements. Listen to me, okay? And uh, 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 also don't worship idols. So uh, now when we go to the next, next section, um, verse 14 to 16, it talks about the future hope, uh, the future hope of God. Uh, you know, uh, it says, you know, uh, you were you in the slavery I took you out of uh, Egypt. You were in wilderness. I, I, I fed you manna. I gave you water from the rocks, you know, and uh, I took you out. And, you know, I defeated the enemies. Uh, and over here it says, I will uh, soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. And those who hate the Lord would cringe towards him and their fate would last forever. But he, uh, would, feed, but he would feed you with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock I would satisfy you. So uh, uh, God is uh, recounting over here what he did for them in Israel, but he's telling them, you know, I will subdue your enemies. You know, I will uh, you know, uh, take you out of the misery even in the future. And I will have my hand. It's, I will not just take you out of Egypt, take you to this promised land, but I will defeat your enemies too so that they don't come back after you. And, uh, and then I will feed you uh, with the finest of the wheat. And with honey from the rock, I will satisfy you. So the manna was a miracle in itself, but this was more than that. It was the finest of the wheat. And it was not just water from the rock, but it was honey. Not just water, but honey from the rock. So for, for Israel, when I think back, you know, I sometimes put myself in their shoes and say, I, th- I don't think I'm going to be like the Israelites. How many times did they disobey God? And after all this trouble, I would, I would have learned my lesson the first couple of times, but I'm sure I would have been in the same boat too with them, you know? So, uh, uh, but uh, it, it just seems like, you know, their journey would have been much shorter if they would have listened to God. But instead, because they were disobedient, their journey was longer. So uh, in the next uh, slide, you know, so, uh, so then uh, what should we put our hope in? You know, we know what uh, hope can do for us. You know, uh, you know how uh, powerful hope is. You know how hope takes us from one uh, state of mind which can be negative or depressing to a better state of mind which can be optimistic, can be healing, can be satisfying, can be nourishing. So, wh- what do we put our hope in? And uh, uh, in in this uh, uh, next chapter, you know, it says, you know, uh, uh, it talks about the future hope which is Jesus Christ, and he came and he fulfilled the feast. You know, uh, he fulfilled the feast that God was calling uh, Israelites to, and that's what he calls us to also, is to uh, call, he calls us to, to his feast. Now, Jesus was the Passover lamb, okay? And he, he's the one who tabernacled uh, among us. In John 1, 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, uh, full of grace and truth. So he, he, he is the one who tabernacled among us. And he, he is also the one who will tabernacle over his people with his presence. In Revelation uh, 7, uh, 15 says, Therefore uh, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. And 
He is also the fulfillment of manna from heaven. Uh, uh, John 6:32 to 35 says, Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So he is the manna from heaven. He is the hope that uh, truly satisfies us, truly satisfies our soul. He can give us the desires of our heart, but would, is, that, is that what we want, right? So, but, but he is the one who um, satisfies our hunger and our thirst. And he is the water from the rock in Meribah that we talked about. In John 7, uh, 37 to 39, it says, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let them come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of the heart will flow rivers of living water. So he is the water that satisfies your soul too. And he is the Pentecost and he is the Jubilee. In First Thessalonians 4.16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. So he is the Jubilee. So he, he is the promise he, that gives you hope. So... Um, and so in closing, in uh, next slide, you know, so just some questions to take away and um, just ask ourselves, you know, um, God has articulated uh, his desire for us is to listen to him. So what are some of the things that is keeping us from listening to his word? Is it uh, the busyness of life? I know that certainly is, it is in my life. Um, after my, my family's uh, gone to London, suddenly it's like, oh, the time just stopped. I have all this time, but before that, I, I just uh, didn't have a lot of time. So, so you know, so what is uh, some of the things that is keeping us from listening to God's word? And second is, what are the desires of our heart? Does it align with God's desires uh, that is pleasing to him? And what is our hope in? Is our hope in, a, in our uh, natural world? Where is it in our government? Is it in our ability um, to be resilient? Is it our natural ability to come out of depression? Is it our natural ability to maybe uh, fix something on our own? Or is it in God? So uh, I pray that you know, God will uh, teach us, show us, uh, uh, show what the desires of our heart is and show us what the desires of God's heart is. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, today. Uh, and thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Um, thank you for what you've done uh, uh, for us, the hope that you've given us, and the promise, Lord. Uh, we look into this world with uh, uh, hope of just uh, uh, getting by, uh, maybe for a better future for our uh, children, or a better future for ourselves, or, or for a, be a better day tomorrow. But Lord, we know not, none of that matters because uh, uh, we are so generous uh, in this world and we have very limited time. But our time in eternity is what it counts, Lord. And you've, you, uh, you desire good things for us. You desire much more than what our hearts are capable of thinking of, Lord. And we want... and. That's uh, just coming to this church, uh, this building is just a small example of what you've done for us, Lord. We've looked at so many different places, 
Well, so some of these places were going to be uh, months of repair, uh, months of renovation, but we just needed one hour of our time to come and get settled and have uh, this time to worship you, Lord. So thank you for your faithfulness. We pray, Lord, that we'll uh, have our hope in you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.